Welcome, everybody, to the Branching Tree Podcast. I am your host, Madison Bernard. Um, this is a fairly new podcast, and I have with me a friend that I've long known since high school. He's an artist. He's a musician. His name is Andy. And uh, today we're going to be talking about different things. We both have interesting perspectives on uh, the universe, psychedelics, all sorts of subjects. And uh, we're both artists, musicians, so it should be interesting to share all types of different things today. So um, just uh, let's pass it off to him. Well, actually, let me just say I'm living in France currently right now. And uh, where are you at? Where are you living these days? Um, uh, I'm, I'm in Athens, Georgia. Um, it's kind of the, uh, the home of REM and uh, oh, wow. the, the Georgia Bulldogs. So uh, they're, they're <laughs> doing well this season. So okay. George is happy about that. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Um, I've only been to Alabama, not quite Georgia. No, I actually been to Atlanta once, but Atlanta's not really the whole of Georgia. Is Athens kind of like a mid-sized city or something or more rural? Um, it's like becoming a suburb of uh of uh Atlanta. The the university is um here, uh UGA. And uh, it's where everyone in Atlanta sends their kids to grow up. So it's a pretty interesting place. I see. Kind of like the outer, like outskirts of Manhattan or something. It's like the outer. Kind of like where we grew up, only it's the university town. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It makes sense. Yeah. Because, yeah, I should say we're both from New York, Connecticut area, the tri-state area originally. Right now I'm living in France. Um, I live in the south of France, which is next to like, I live like right next to the Cannes Film Festival, you know, where that's held like yearly. And uh, it's a town called Antibes. It's where my dad grew up and my grandparents are here. They've been helping me get set up here. I've been here for about two years. It's like next to the border of Italy. It's pretty cool. It's really beautiful. And uh, summertime is pretty, pretty crazy. But with all this COVID stuff happening, it's been pretty tame compared to uh, how it normally is but uh, it's been about two years but i am going back to the states come january so that should be pretty cool but anyways enough about me man what have you been working on lately uh, i see on instagram you've been making some art and stuff like that um yeah yeah i uh 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 we'll talk about later how i lost the ability to draw for a while but i oh, that's uh, interesting. just kind of started coming to again and uh i've got this little fucking possum route yeah i saw that it's like a comic type strip almost thing yeah yeah you know uh it's funny like uh calvin and Hobbes uh was like huge when i was a kid mm. uh you know I, I i spent a lot of time at home so um so uh like i would i would devour calvin and Hobbes books and it's kind of funny, you know, how many philosophical and, uh, and, and kind of uh, anti-establishment uh, themes are in there. And it, it kind, of, kind of laid an outline uh, of my life. You know, I definitely was Calvin. Right. Um, yeah, right. it's kind of cool how they're connected. That's cool, man. That's cool. Like, uh, I never was too big into Calvin and Hobbes, but I still remember that the last one he made, the very final Calvin and Hobbes one, that one hits. Ooh. Man, that, that one's deep. You know? Whoa. I don't know if you've ever, if, have you ever seen it? It's just the one where, no, like... No, don't. I'm going to go find it. Uh, don't tell yeah, me about okay. it. Okay. Holy shit. 
Yeah, yeah. I like the, the last one he made is like, oh, dude, it, it hit real deep. And uh, I think it was a great send off because I had seen, you know, interspersed. My friend was more into it than I was at the time. But uh, I was more into like the far side because I believe that okay. like, either it was at my dentist's office or my therapist's office when I was younger. I had like a bunch of far side books. So I just would yep, read them yep. before. So, well, that's cool, man. That's cool. And I also remember that you, uh, you play some music as well. You play some guitar, no? Yeah. Uh, or you were interspersed. Uh, that was kind of like my, uh, like Bob Dylan was, uh, had a huge influence on me. And so for a while there, when I couldn't draw, I was trying to be like Bob Dylan. Uh, and I did some open mics and uh, busks uh, around the country for a while. Nice. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, fucking homelessness can be homelessness. Uh, I'm grateful I, I, I'm not experiencing that anymore. That's yeah, man, I was homeless for two years. I know what you're yeah, saying. I think I saw something about that in your writing. Yeah, yeah. And then I know what you're talking about busking. For for the big for the first half of it, I wasn't I didn't have a guitar, but any I always mm-hmm. sang. I sang for years and mm-hmm. just like at home and I would do some open mics here and there, but I was always kind of I don't know. I, I regret certain things about not being more proactive, that's for sure. But anyways, when I was busking, you know, I made some money and this one guy, we I was playing guitar and uh we had two signs. Or was I playing guitar there? I can't remember. But anyways, we had signs up. And this guy gave us a whole, like, fourth of weed. This was in Portland, Oregon when I was out there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was sick. Yeah, I think I was playing guitar. Wow. Or, yeah. Anyways, that, that memory just came to mind. But, uh, yeah. no, like, yeah, like, I developed the guitar while I was singing out there and uh, in Portland. And then in Boston as well, I was homeless. For a little while and in florida Here's as well Boston's? yeah boston was Fun. yeah yeah it was an interesting experience it was cold as fudge but it, yeah. was it in the winter or like fall spring yeah, it, was it, was, too. it was pretty cold so i think i from what i remember it was in the winter time it must have been wow yeah or early spring no it was right around 420 because i okay. remember okay. we had a meeting of like a whole bunch of guitarists and we all played in, around the, on this hill, all smoked weed. It was fun, fun as hell. But yeah. uh, so, so you were busking and you were homeless. I mean, where around? Whereabouts? Oh, uh, I, I had a, I, um, yeah, uh, I've been homeless about three times. Um, once uh, I left, re- got kicked out of rehab uh, and took off to Ithaca, New York, which is a cool town. Um, and then another time, uh, my parents kicked me out finally. Um, that was a long time waiting to happen. Yeah. And uh, I spent, I spent a lot of time in shelters at that point, but the rest has been living in my car. And then I took another one where I went to like, uh, I drove from Athens to Chicago to Kansas city. Wow. Uh, then back to Athens, then up to Connecticut. And uh, yeah. Wow, that's a journey. Yeah, yeah, it was cool, man. You, you developed like a relationship towards the sky, you know, because like there's uh, no other friends to be had, you know. That's kind of true. It's kind of <laughs> true. You're man. Moving, that's you know? Yeah, that's interesting. That's a really interesting trip. That's wow. That's yeah. wild. 
Well, man, well, I'm glad. To, so you're you're doing okay now, though. Are you in a decent spot? Or yeah, man, it's amazing. Um, God, I think you know, it's like any anybody from New Fairfield probably would have thought I would be dead. That I was hanging out with, you know, after high school. Uh, um, I mean, like it was really bad. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, uh, I've come to Athens and, um, and I've just kind of buckled down and asked for help, uh, and asking help in a variety of ways. Some of them good, some of them in the gray area. Um, right. but, uh. Yeah, I, it's uh, it's kind of amazing, uh, just the, the kind of peace of mind I have now. All right, well, good man, I'm glad, glad, because it's it's, you know, like my friend, he uh, he he voluntarily he like uh, was living on the lamb kind of, you know, and uh, but he told me he's like a year on the lamb is worth ten on the soul, and I really feel that because it could take a lot out of you being in a precarious position. Well, I'm glad that, uh, you know, at least things are looking up at least in some degree, right? That's yeah. cool. Um, right on. So, you know, I guess I should uh, ask, like, what are your spiritual beliefs? Just like if you have any or just any sort of perspective that you have on life, what, like what certain philosophies kind of keep you going maybe or something? Yeah. Uh, well, it seems like any kind of like belief I try to hold changes, you know? I totally um, agree. Like, <laughs> I totally agree. Instance, continue. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for instance, you know, like my parents were uh, were uh, pretty much fundamentalist Christian, um, and then so then I got into like got to a point where I could I started doing drugs, and then that became everything and um i've dabbled in philosophy and and buddhism um and uh i don't know i uh so so i guess like the most spiritual thing i do is i, I meditate every morning um and that way you know i can just roll with the constant ever-changing universe um, as it manifests, and I can kind of just stay out of the way of it a little bit. So, all right, right on, man. That's a good practice. That's one thing uh, I have a hard time doing or maintaining is meditation of any sort. I feel like my life and my mind is pretty chaotic these days. Mm. But uh, mm. yeah, I, yeah, I understand, man. There's a lot of interesting paths in our lives that they can take for a while, you know, well, depending. Yeah. And uh, well, that's good, man. That's healthy. I think that's a smart idea. Yeah. Um. So, in terms about uh, music, like, uh, who are your influences? You said you like kind of tried to imitate or emulate, I should say, Bob Dylan. Um. Who Who are your influences? I'm I'm a big music guy, so I'm curious. Um. Well, uh, I think like uh, you know, Bob Dylan. Uh, you know, I, I hung out with a, a friend from high school and I didn't really know anything about music. 
and he got me into Bob Dylan and Arlo Guthrie. And I saw Arlo Guthrie, who's, who's Woody Guthrie's son. And, um, and that got me into the country blues, which is, uh, you know, it's basically uh, just one guy with a guitar with no kind of um, formal training that just mm-hmm. loves to make music. Um, and it, it's kind of interesting. Um, like usually songs are about uh, women or something, but it's funny if you listen to it, it's not about women at all. It's about, um, you know, uh, it's about life. Um, and so like metaphorically and maybe? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, you know, they, they use the lyrics as a metaphor for how they feel. And for some reason, um, there's not a lot of definition to it. And I've really started enjoying music, such, such as like classical, you know, where um, the time structures are constantly changing. Uh, nice. the keys, you know, uh, Tom Waits is another guy who I kind of oh, like. Oh, I love Tom Waits, dude. That's great. Yeah, especially his later stuff, for sure. Yeah, um, he's amazing. He's got, he's got yeah. so many albums. That guy... That guy is on the. I just feel like that's a guy who makes such interesting music that it's amazing that he's been as successful as he has, and he's been, you know, an influence to many musicians today. It's just so, like in the beginning, as I had his first album, Closing Time. Sorry, I'm going diverging into Tom Waits a little bit here, but yeah, no, and, no, no. and you listen to it, a lot of it's like ballads and songs, like stuff like this, but it's it's a lot of him on on the piano and. I guess I, I just can't understand the era of which he was so popular because I like the music for sure. But I look at it, I'm like, wow, this guy has maintained just record deal after record deal after record deal. And where a lot of bands and figures, you know, fall by the wayside over time, he could still do mm-hmm. his thing. Almost like Primus was so strange, right? And yeah, Tom yeah Waits, Primus is pretty interesting, yeah. Yeah, and like Primus had its place and still does today even, you know, people still love Primus, even their newer stuff. So I don't know. I just I love appreciate Tom Waits for just being just as interesting of a guy as he is and making as good music as he does and being able to maintain it throughout his whole career. I just I admire that. But Arlo Guthrie, you mentioned Arlo Guthrie. I never heard of that. What is he? I guess he's still around, but yeah, uh, I think he's starting to retire from touring. Um, but, you know, he would just play just uh, old, uh, like, Appalachian folk songs, um, uh, it, British folk songs, just uh, music that's been passed down really uh, since the, the uh, from the British Isles. Um, uh. And then picked up through you know, uh, the cultivation uh, years. I don't know. I fucking I don't know what I'm talking about. I mean, he's amazing. <laughs> I hear you. All right. I'll have to look into him because I've never heard of him before. So Yeah, yeah. So when you mentioned time signatures too, um, I, I'm not too well versed into like um, some of the more complicated forms of that. But I'm sure you've probably listened to Tool at least once or twice, right? Tool before? Sure, yeah. Yeah. Um, I really yeah. love the way they, they, they change time signatures and they just have such interesting time signatures in general. 
For and, sure, uh, yeah. Frank Zappa to some degree. And uh, yep. I was thinking, yeah, brilliant. Nice. So, any other musicians that you uh, that you uh, say was a, an influence, maybe important? Well, you know, there's, there's this cool guy. Uh, this, uh, this cool guy. Uh, there's there's this uh, <laughs> really interesting um, uh, songwriter uh, from here in Athens, Georgia, that I definitely think uh, people should get into. But um, his name's Vic Chestnut, and um, he he was a paraplegic, and I think he could only like um, play with maybe two maybe three fingers um and and he just wrote some of the most beautiful songs i've i've ever heard um yeah yeah uh so yeah i would check him out that's a guy uh that uh that 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 does the kind of thing i kind of gravitate towards i guess the singer songwriter thing but i feel like that genre is just like such garbage uh but but i'm opinionated you know so no, yeah no but it's, it's you're what's right good man. for my taste isn't always good for someone else's you know i, I don't understand that but uh, yeah for the sure kind of stuff i gravitate towards right like uh like uh I, think it was, I was listening to tom segura's comedian i think joe rogan and they were talking about uh, adam adam sandler right and yeah. Adam Sandler, like, you know, he made some of the funniest films. I mean, I don't know if you're a fan or not, but um, like Happy Gilmore, B- B- Billy Madison, Little Nicky, all this kind of stuff. But nowadays, he, we all, everyone kind of jokes, at least in the older generation, I see, um, that he just keeps churning out these crappy ass movies like sure. the Zohan or whatever. I, I can't even remember half the ones that are coming out. Click. Yeah. But um, but it was like Joe Rogan was saying his kids, I think it was Joe Rogan who said this, his kids were laughing their ass off watching the movie. And like sometimes you just gotta realize that sometimes you outgrow things and you don't even notice it. And also some yeah. things are just not for you, you know, they're just yeah. not for yeah, yeah, other yeah. people. Yeah. Sometimes it's hard I mean, to see yeah, that. when I was a kid, Adam Sandler was awesome, but uh, you know, uh, and I'm, I'm sure he's like a great, you know, he, he takes what he does very seriously and I'm sure he's got a lot of skill in it. Mm. Uh, but it, yeah, you're right. It's just like whatever kind of fits your case. Um, and it's kind of, sometimes it's kind of weird um, how much the, 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 the cosm we live in can mold that. And uh, yeah and it's almost like who we are changes so subtly because it's just a day-by-day thing that we don't even realize we're getting older or maybe more cynical towards certain types of humor and then it's just kind of you know but sometimes people say they're objectively critiquing his movies and they genuinely are bad but who can say <laughs> you know who can say yeah and, uh, beauty is in the eye of the beholder variety is the spice of life yeah, 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 yeah. Right yeah. on, right on. So, is there anything that particularly interests you these days? I mean, I've been getting into like a lot of heady stuff. Like, um, I always listen to Alan Watts. Alan Watts is kind of talks, talks about Buddhism, Hinduism, and stuff like that. But also like um, okay. economics and politics and stuff like that. But I'm not sure. Do you have any kind of passing interest these days? Anything? 
Um, yeah, What's I mean, been on your uh, mind lately? It could even just be about life. It doesn't have to be about the subject in particular. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I've, I've been getting into uh, philosophy. Um, and what kind of hit that off was I, I had this uh, experience on DMT. Um, wow. So, so before then, uh, I, I, I think I have this thing called cannabis-induced psych- psychosis. So yeah. every time I smoke weed now, um, you know, I get into a very bad headspace to the point where, I, like, you know, I've met a lot of people in recovery. And, uh, like, I can only relate it to, like, that, that meth psychosis. That's the only people I've really kind of, uh, but, you know, uh, I quit five years ago smoking weed, um, and the studies haven't really come out since uh, weed was kind of legalized in America, so they're just catching on to this, so it's very new, and I don't want to talk too much about it, but. No, you know, I, was no I've, I, I totally know what you're saying because I've actually experienced it. <laughs> and uh, yeah. I've had different phases in my life where weed treated me very differently. Like alcohol almost yeah. always seems to treat me the same way. But right. cannabis has been very different. Wild yeah, ride. Yeah, yeah. I think it largely depends on your state of your, your nervous system. You know, like if you, sure. if, you, if your nervous system's fried, like you do too many stimulants and you sleep like shit. Cannabis yeah. is probably going to give you a lot of anxiety and a lot of, you know, if you already have certain mental health issues, it's going to exacerbate. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, that's that's kind of what it came down to was I, I had a lot going on with my um, mental health. But anyway, yeah, I, sure. I couldn't stop. That was the thing was no matter how bad the paranoia was over and over and over. And, you know, if there's certain people you can talk to. Uh, in New Fairfield where they watched me go through this over and over again and I couldn't seem to stop like still weed is the best smell on the fucking planet to me hands down you know (laughs) I know I go nuts like I'll start laughing just from smelling it um but uh yes psychology is weird um yeah it's very weird but uh but anyway so i smoked dmt and uh at that point uh i realized uh that uh i don't put this that uh you know i was the universe and the universe was me or or something like that or right uh, you you know that kind of like hold on theory where um um yeah yeah so Uh, like i understand what you're saying because i'm obsessed with that concept oh like it's just that's been my life for years was this whole concept of like you are the universe the universe is you and you're just one consciousness experiencing itself kind of like um you know but in what sense did you experience that phenomenon because sometimes people take like acid or something and um they'll feel connected like they're unified with the universe but not in a profound profound sense like they still feel like they're where they are they are where they are currently physically in the in the real world or whatever but they feel a certain sort of energetic connection but did you feel it in a more like 
expansive. Well, you sense? actually kind of completely described my experience just then. Um, that's that's kind of cool. Yeah, um, that's interesting. Yeah, it was, it was just a, a small amount, and it was a, enough for me to. Uh, I mean, it it felt like I kind of like my life did a complete one eighty after that, at least in a personal sense you know nice um, i had also discovered meditation around that time so it was it was something where um kind of the 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 the, the realm of the spirit was leading me into you know right on um, right on yeah. that's interesting because the only time i've ever felt like well i had a really profound mushroom experience um when i was uh, 17 and that's kind of when I shifted completely in high school. Like that's when my whole life changed really for the rest of my life was that mushroom trip. And that was an experience that I had with a girl and we went into the woods and we both took about an eighth of really good, well-dried, fresher mushrooms. They were blue caps. And um, I, she didn't want to take the whole bag of her eighth. So I took some of hers. So I think I took about six, six grams worth. Oh my gosh. And Friend in me, a friend in me. Yeah, I was like, hey, I got your back anytime, <laughs> any day. So um, we wound up walking into the woods, uh, a trail in Fairfield called Shortwoods. I don't know, you're probably familiar. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. So uh, about it took about just enough time. You know when you reach that hill? Like mm-hmm. you walk along the path and you reach that hill. And mm-hmm. I, I believe they had cut down all the trees or something and everything was regrowing. I'm not, I'm not entirely right. sure but uh there's a big rock there that you could sit on and stuff like that well okay um, we, we took it at the beginning in the car and then we went along that path and uh i remember right when we were getting to that hill we were peaking and yeah. it changed my life forever like i didn't have like the experience that you had in the sense of feeling like there was a sense of that life was a dream in a sense but it was like yeah. a feeling of connection to nature which was really different than I had ever supposed could have ever been possible. And Mm. we were on the hill and I remember looking out and thousands of eyes in between all of the branches were staring back at us. And I was like, Mm. what is going on? (laughs) And uh, uh, it was a long trip with a lot of details, but it involves a tremendous like look at like this whole side to reality that I hadn't even supposed existed. And uh, here it was in full force. And I felt like nature was alive. Nature was aware. Nature had a feeling, yeah. had, like a spirit, something of that sort, you know? And uh, yeah, so the, the trip continued. There were some bad parts, but there were some good parts and then with a really great resolution at the end. But um, I've always been scared of DMT. Like I always, I've had some bad trips after that, which kind of put me sure. away from psychedelics forever, except cannabis, because cannabis is, Yo, okay. cannabis yeah, is my yeah, stuff. Yeah. And like, yeah. but, but anytime I smoke weed, though, the thing is, is that I talk to everybody and nobody, like, like you said, for me, I don't get the paranoia as much. I get a little bit of that, but I get mm-hmm. just so psychedelic. It's unbelievable. Like I go, I used really? to meditate for like five or six hours and mm-hmm. just smoke weed and listen to shamanic music on YouTube. And just played on my speakers mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. vibe. And you just go into like realms beyond comprehension if you just go inward. And there, mm-hmm. 
it just felt endless though. I, I feel like when I look back to that time, I learned so much and I was aware of so much, but it was infinite. So that yeah, experience yeah. was new and novel, but just infinite. Yeah. But DMT has always been one of that things like that's like the ultimate, right? That's like you, sure. you said you took a smaller dose though. Yeah, th- I think you're right. There's like no turning back after that. It's kind of all yeah. up to what your heart is pushing towards, you know. And uh, true, and I, agree. I think it was it was at the right place at the right time for me. Cool. Um, yeah, but yeah, you know, uh, I just wanted to talk about you know Shortwoods and just that whole environment we grew up in. Right. Um, after my psychotic break, after taking that uh, acid trip that we still got to talk about, um, uh, I, I, uh, I kind of got into, I, I, I started, like, I couldn't do anything. Like, uh, I, I couldn't work anymore. My mind was racing, like, there's so many delusions and you know, I, that's a whole nother thing where honestly, I can't even do the, the terror that it was justice. Um, but I remember I would go walk into the woods at, at Swan's Pond because I, I grew up like, you know, walking distance to Swan's mm. Pond. Right so um, and it never occurred to me just to like go there, you know, and so yeah. I, I walked uh, I walked into the woods and I remember, you know, I would just like go completely off trail, get real lost and just start talking to the, my environment. And I remember getting this really eerie feeling um, that, that the, that the woods was unhealthy and it was sick and it was dying. And then, you know, fast forward years later, when I have a little bit more sanity and, and I've been through therapy and I've had this uh, a little bit of sobriety and stuff, you know, I start finding out about the climate crisis. Um, and it's kind of interesting how there's there's been so many messages through my own kind of psychosis and my own kind of mind where once I start getting to the point where things come a, a little bit more intellectual in nature, I'm, I'm able to realize that, that the universe is actually speaking to me and the things they're saying is, is actually real. It's um, very true, man, because I, you know? I have like an inner dialogue like with, I don't even know what, I, what it is. I consider yeah. it, you know, I don't know if it's God or great spirit, but it always seems like a numerous different voices in a sense, but they're not voices, but they sure, impart sure. knowledge or wisdom or understandings. And I, I kind of understand what you're saying. Like you kind of like, sometimes you don't, you're too young or you're too unaware to realize what you're experiencing until later sometimes too. Yeah. And yeah. you don't realize the implications, you know? Right. Exactly. And it's interesting when you talk about, delusions and stuff like that because i've had that i had a psychotic break in 2018 recently actually for two months straight and um dude and the delusions that you're talking about i mean so advanced and so complex it's almost like like, how do you express that to an individual that's never had that there's no there's no there's no 
<laughs> yeah. yeah. And they're so advanced. It's almost like being immersed into some sort of myth. That's what I felt. I felt like I was yeah, re- yeah. reliving a myth, a myth of some sort. I, I can't even explain mm-hmm. it. It's like another dimension of consciousness, but it's so sophisticated and there's so many levels and layers and you're like, oh my gosh. And it was all about, for me in that experience. Oh, by the way, I want to say I lived around Ball Pond, by the way, near Fear. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. Uh, I wound up hanging out with Ed uh, for some oh, time. Yeah. Ed was a solid fucking dude. Like <laughs> Ed, Ed cracked me up through. so bad. Ed, yeah, Ed's yeah. great, man. Ed's good. Yeah. He's, just, he's, he's wild. Bad. He was wild back then, at least. <laughs> Things yeah. he'd say. Yeah, I actually got to get to know him when he, he started, like, uh, like he kind of turned a leaf and he, he I, I don't think he's been in legal trouble. Oh, shit, I shouldn't say that. Um, but, but, you know, like he really started like owning shit and it's, it's just like amazing. Uh, I don't know. I, uh, I, I, yeah. feel, I feel like an asshole now, but like that dude is, is, um, man, he's a, he's like a good person through and through. Yeah, he has a strong will. That's always what I know. Oh, noticed. my God. Oh, my yeah. God. It's incredible. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's been a while. I mean, I talked to him fairly recently. He seems to be doing uh, a bit better. Um, from I remember he was in a certain period. I don't know what he was doing or whatever, but it didn't seem like he was in that great of a spot, but I'm not sure. I don't want to speak for him or whatever, but that was like years ago. Yeah. But nowadays, he seems yeah. like he's in a much better place, so that's, that's good. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. That's great. Yeah, uh, but yeah, the ball pond crew. I remember the ball pond crew for sure, man. The ball pond crew, dude. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you know, it's almost laughable when I think about it. But hey, it was it was a Crap, wild ride dude. at the time, dude. And you know, that was one of the best periods of my life, honestly, because it was like a time of like fruition. I felt like I went full bloom. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like a period of like my whole life, I just been kind of like bullied and I had no friends and a lot of different things. And ballpark crew was like kind of like the peak that was towards the end of high school there. And we were all sure. kind of rambunctious and just smoking weed and doing crazy shit. Yeah. I mean, that, that was my experience. Like I had, uh, you know, I, I had no friends up until senior year. And then, mm. and then I, I kind of met some kids who were younger than me that seemed to think I was funny, at least. But thank, thank God I had that. Yeah, uh, for sure, man. For sure. And, man, they, like, they kind of set the groundwork for, uh, for, for some of my ideals, you know. And um, I don't know what the fuck I would have done without them. Well, that's good, man. Yeah, good friends, man. I think it was the the game animal crossing uh, yeah. beginning this character talks to you and says yeah man you need to make some friends friends are good or something like that you need friends in life yeah, yeah. they really make yeah. the difference but yeah. yeah i was i was kind of a loser in high school for the first two years that's because uh, like i told you before we started the podcast which maybe we could segue to that now if you want um yeah. I, I had taken uh this these seeds when i was 13 to 14 years old and at the same time my parents were getting a divorce and like they i just came from a really rough like not financially rough like we were kind of well off pretty much okay but like just the terrible alcoholism and all this kind of stuff anyways so i had taken these seeds 
And they're basically essentially morning glories, which is LSA, the, the chemical. Mm-hmm. They're called baby Hawaiian Woodrow seeds. And uh, took those and had a traumatic experience. A lot of my past memories came up and stuff like that. And it was really traumatizing. And then I started having, I remember my very first messed up thought, like morbid thought I've ever had. I still remember okay. to this day. I remember it was just after that experience, I went to bed and that, you know, I was just laying down thinking of like me riding on a quad or something, you know, an ATV. And yeah. I was riding with someone on the ATV, just, you know, my imagination. And then the, mm-hmm. the, the quad spun off and we both fell to the ground and died. And I was like, just shocked. I was like, whoa, like I've never had a thought like that before. And then yeah. and soon after I had to take medication, psychotropic mm-hmm. medication called Abilify. And I was a total zombie for like the first two years. So I was a total loser, man. I didn't have like a yeah. single friend. I think I might've had one or two. I'm trying to think back, but yeah. uh, I didn't really bloom until late later into junior year when I lost weight. Cause I was kind of fat for a while. And then I lost weight, got off the medication and uh, that's kind of when you knew me, I think around that time, that's when I was like the okay. class clown, the big, whatever yeah. just kind of loud and boisterous <laughs> but, yeah yeah okay yeah so i know yeah. you were mentioning i don't know if you still want to talk about it but your experience yeah 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 so yeah, yeah so i had a you know i um uh, uh, i was raised in kind of like a weird fundamentalist christian uh house hold um uh you know, uh, I wasn't allowed to go to school. There had been some sexual abuse stuff. Um, and so by the time in seventh grade, I went to a Catholic school and I didn't know how to learn anything because my mom didn't teach me much. Um, like, I, you know, I learned math and I learned how to read. Uh, and. Uh, and then there's a lot of a lot of verbal and yeah, anyway. Uh but <clears throat> I hear you, I come from a similar, similar background. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um yeah, early indicators. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so when I when I came to high school, I mean, um I think I think you know I was attractive. So I had that going for me, but I didn't have any social skills. So I kept finding myself in these weird circumstances without any kind of clue of what was going on. Uh, right, right. Yeah, and then, it, it, and then once I started smoking weed, I kind of was like, uh, you know, like, oh, uh, well, this is everything. Um, <laughs> That's how I felt the same way when I started smoking pot too, by the way. Yeah. Like, okay, well, that old life is gone now. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, my parents had also taken me to a psychiatrist uh, because they didn't know how to manage my behavior. So, you know, like they tell the psychiatrist what I was doing wrong and then he prescribed me things. Um, I, I just want to say it. I want to interject. I, I really hate psychiatrists. I just do. Yeah, yeah. Because know, right? they are pill pushers. 
That's good. I found a good one finally. I'm not but, saying uh, all of them, you know, just like everything. You have bad doctors, right. good policemen, you have bad police. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> psychiatrists, I think in general, they just have such a short time to speak with you that yeah. how could you just prescribe such a powerful medication to someone so young? Yeah. <sighs> but anyways, I digress. Yeah, and, and not only that, but it, it's not exact science at all. <laughs> it's a very, it's actually, we're guinea pigs in a sense. Like, it's a almost, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. almost brand new, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, but, you know, take your meds. But anyway, so I, uh, I, I wound up, you know, uh, smoking weed a lot in high school. And then once I graduated, I went to Gathering of the Vibes. And um, I was on um, a good amount of medication, one of them being an SSRI. And I, you know, it was kind of a crazy experience. And it's something that's uh, almost, um, what's the word? Uh, uh, Archetypical. Oh, archetypal? Yeah, archetypal. Yeah, that's right. Um, But I remember. I did, uh, you know, like the wind was like speaking to me and uh, I was just like, okay. And then some guy just came up with uh, with 400 micrograms of LSD and, uh, you know, I blacked out for the next couple hours. I think, I think that they don't really study these things from, from at least the accident the point of like you know googling things but i i've had i haven't been able to really research what's happened to me but um from what i've read you can get uh serotonin syndrome or they they think that that it might cause it and um and so yeah i mean uh people were carrying me around the festival um and then um you know, I was dating a girl. I, I was, I had this, all of a sudden, these emotions after the experience kept coming up. And I was completely a piece of shit to her. And um, it, verbal, and, which was kind of my thing. Uh, you know, and, um, and yeah, uh, and at, at some point, my brain just popped a couple months after. And um, just like, yeah, all of a sudden, um, the whole universe is looking inside of me, and I don't like what I'm showing it, you know. And so it's just kind of like walking around naked. Um, wow, that's intense. Yeah, being exposed uh, in a sense. Yeah, and, and then not only that, but it, it you know, the, the only thing I knew that made me feel better was to smoke weed. But mm. the thing was, when you're having a psychotic break, you know, you, especially early on, you know, mm. weed isn't, it's going to make it worse because it's. Um, yeah, it even precipitated one of mine, like I was, I was saying before, yeah. 2018. Yeah, it's fairly recently, yeah. actually. Yeah, I mean, cannabis is a psychedelic, you know, a lot of people don't yeah, realize yeah. that. 
and it's extremely yeah. powerful. Like if you do dab or something. Oh like my that, god! Like, yeah, ah. especially these days. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. But that's an intense experience, man. That's. I guess you kind of acclimated to it over time. How are you in relation to all of that from the past um, these days? Well, I mean, I've been to probably like 15 mental institutions. I've been on all kinds of medications, mm. been into a couple self-help groups. Um, but really, uh, I, I do think there is a, there's a healing force um, to this, to this world. Um, and I think it, you know, like we were talking about music based, it looks different for everyone. Yeah. Um, Everyone has a different remedy, right? Yeah. Something speaks to you in different ways than others. It's true. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's interesting. Uh, I, I've been to a mental hospital, I think three times, but only for like two weeks at a time each time. Not, don't, do not like those places. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just like a stabilization unit. Like, exactly. They're not really to rehabilitate you. you. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's just to like load you up on medication and send you out the door, you know, like. That's it, man. And like yeah. even my mom was telling me, he's like, there's no more state hospitals anymore. You know, they got rid of those. And I'm like, that's kind of crazy. Yeah. I, I even saw a documentary one time with this, this schizophrenic guy he was talking about, you know, they were releasing from, from the hospital and they were interviewing him. And he's like, he's going to go see his angels. They're literally saying mm-hmm. that right in front of the freaking staff and the interviewer. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how is this guy going to continue taking his medication once he gets out of here? There's just mm-hmm. no funding for it. And that's really a tragic aspect of our society is that mm-hmm. so much of like the people that need help don't receive the help that they need. And there's just no funding for it. Well, there is to some degree, obviously, otherwise we'd be in total anarchy, but it's just not, uh, well, I have my own experience in that sense where, especially like in certain places like Florida and stuff like that, there's not much for you. And yeah. it's really a shame. But, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I was, I was kind of blessed. I, um, I applied for disability and, um, you know, it's kind of hard being on disability. Uh, it's, but it gives you insurance to cover your medications. Uh, it yes. covers some doctors, you know, it's like True. really good basic stuff. It gave me a little stipend to live on. I, I lived in some pretty rough areas because I couldn't afford anything right. better, but it suited me. And um, yeah, I mean, there's no fucking shame if that's what you need to do. Yes, um, you know, not at all, really. Because I, I, had, I had struggled with that at first, feeling like I was kind of a sponge because I was on disability too after my stint yeah. in 2018. And I know what you're saying. And the money they yeah. give you is not a lot, really, at all. No. But no. It, you can manage if you, if you, you know, play yeah, your yeah, cards yeah. right, you know. Yeah, you but, know, uh, like cell phone bill, rent, food stamps. Yes. It's, it's, you yeah. know. And just yeah. eating, eating, you know, within your bounds and no, like, yeah. frivolous expenses, obviously. Except maybe some nicotine if you smoke or whatever. You probably manage yeah. that. Yeah, I roll in cigarettes, you know. Yeah, that's what I do too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I'm a big fan, yeah. even though I hate it and I love it at the same time. But it's just what yeah. it is. But, yeah, you know, and it's kind of weird. Like uh, I've always kind of heard of the, you know, you you hear about the uh, the people who've had like psychotic breaks uh, that were useful to their community. You know, the the shamans. Yeah, and, um, I've it's kind of interesting. You know, I've done so much research on that you can't even imagine, bro. Like I yeah. read books on the subject. Terrence McKenna had a book that I had that he really talked a lot about shamans and schizophrenia and how a lot of times people who exhibited symptoms of schizophrenia were like considered a great blessing to the tribe because they were yeah, to yeah, be yeah. shamans to be, you know? Mm-hmm. And I always had a fantasy of being a shaman one day. That's like one of my biggest dreams that I had when I was younger was like, I wanted to be a shaman and mm. uh, slowly as life progressed and I've been immersed in this, capitalistic hellscape <laughs> sure, um, sure. i've lost my way more and more from it unfortunately but you are inspiring me in this sense because the way you said you were talking to the trees and stuff like that i used to get lost in the woods for hours on end and i really yeah. love those experiences and i've had connections to the sun connections to you know plants and the wildlife and it really reminds me that i should connect back with nature because that's something i've long been disconnected from yeah you know it's kind of interesting i was i was watching a a talk on the causations of schizophrenia Mm. um and he was talking about how it's not entirely genetic you know because if like um if a if if you have two identical twins there's only a 50 percent chance that that if one twin has it the other will have it um and then it's it it, and so but there is a little bit of genetic indicator because if you have you know if you don't have a twin it's like half the chance of the 50 percent i'm not good at uh was it right yeah anyway but uh yeah yeah um uh it's uh and it's not entirely a social thing um not entirely but it 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 does play a big indicator uh but it's really uh uh a problem of 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 uh of an individual's relation to the universe um and it's kind of interesting how people who have these very big experiences find so much soulish connection in nature, you know, because if you think about nature, there's so many connections that are, that, that are really, uh, 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 you know, you think of the dirt and and the fungi and the, and the roots and the trees and the leaves and the sunlight and all these things play are interconnected in, in nurturing itself where in you know uh go on facebook and everybody's tearing each other to bits over stuff you know right um, and like yeah. even furthermore is like our society our society is not set up to deal with these sort of peripheral elements of life 
You know what I mean? Like it's mm-hmm. all about showing the good things, even on you know Facebook or Instagram. It's all about everybody showing off their good life, you sure, know. Sure. But sure. there's tremendous darkness in this world. I mean, tremendous, and yeah. everyone's going through their own kind of version of whatever that is. And I yeah. feel like we are disconnected from just a more rooted, grounded form of being that yeah. we've been a part of for millions of years. And yeah. we've been sort of uprooted out of that into like, I, I, Terrence McKenna calls it the, the fall into history. Where yeah. it's like, we, we live in ways that are against nature or we try to control mm-hmm. nature or we think we're superior to nature or we're human centric and we don't care about the animals. I mean, look about the situation, how they treat animals for our food supply. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that were out of balance with in general, all the mental health issues, the sleep issues, like we had yeah. a natural circadian rhythm with the earth, with the sun and the moon. And we were born and raised alongside nature. And now we've turned our back on nature. Not everyone, obviously, sure. but a sure. lot of the way society functions is uh, in a complete antithesis to nature. Yeah. So yeah, that's a, it's, it's a valid, all, very valid point. Yeah. That's that's something um, that was really a big uh, turning point for me was kind of open, opening my eyes to interdependence. You know, no, no one thing can live on its own. It's Everything's all connected. just in the puzzle of everything else, you know? Yeah, exactly. Everything is dependent on other things and they're mutually yeah. arising, you know? You have the bees that carry the yep, pollen yep. to flower to flower. It's a dynamic system that finds itself in a balance. And if it gets out of balance, it finds a way to get back into balance, which kind of mm-hmm. makes me wonder what the future of humanity looks like, honestly, because we're so out of balance. I mean, I've been really yeah. into this, uh, you know, you're very aware of climate change and all that stuff. And yeah, yeah, a lot yeah. of people, a lot of people just focus on global warming and deny that, right? Yeah. The people that deny that it's even happening. Okay, fine, fine. Even if you were to deny global warming, what about all the rivers we're polluting? What about all the yeah. garbage? It's got to go somewhere and it gets dumped into the ocean, yeah. <laughs> like overfishing. We have to feed 8 billion people on this planet. I mean, there's, it's... They call it the Anthropocene. If you ever look this up yeah. on YouTube or something, the Anthropocene. Yeah, yeah, the Anthropocene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's so that, sad. That was actually, I think, uh, yeah. a, the Smithsonian Museum published a book, and that was kind of my doorway into, um, yeah, it was, it was uh, something about the Anthropocene. Uh, fuck. Yeah, I'm pretty associated at this point. Sorry about that, Beans. <laughs> no, 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 it's all cool with me, man. There's no judgment yeah, here. You know, that kind of comes back to, um, you know, I really think the problem is, is that we all have this idea that we are a unique individual, that we are, you know, a singularity, you know, uh, when in reality, um, you know, uh, we're, we're completely dependent on our surroundings. And I think a lot of times we use that dependence to hoard security for ourselves. And uh, for me, uh, the path of, of, of healing has been to relinquish uh, uh, control and security and let, and let this, this earth uh, take care of me. That's and, so interesting. 
and then in turn that. take care of others. Because that's so interesting that you said that. Because it's funny how you said that we, we might be even like living our lives in parallel. Like you mentioned that uh, earlier yeah. when we're talking about bringing up the podcast, and that's my mo nowadays. Because I used to have yeah. like so many dreams and so many like just expansive things, but they were incredibly selfish and so egocentric. Yeah, yeah. Right. And now, more or less, I'm like letting go. I'm letting go of like a lot of things and realizing how little control my ego has over anything. It has next to no control, if any at all, over life. And life keeps going. And life is a process and it's we're all part of it. And even if you were to describe somebody, you would have to describe the entire earth and the entire universe to explain this person. Because Exactly. Yeah. 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 yeah, Right? Like you have to take into account. So when we think like what's the problem? Well, we're already Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> right i mean this, this is really interesting i came across this video only a week ago and i've always heard about climate change and just all this terrible stuff we're doing to the earth constantly and the the industrial machine that we've created to make products which don't make us happy etc 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 but um is that we are too far past the point of no return that yeah. i i never really actually thought that because you always hear in the media if we you know curb emissions by 20 something you know we can steer away from this course of extinction essentially and i watched this video and he really just laid it out with a lot of sources and a lot of information different books to point to his name is michael dowd he made a couple of ted talks too and yeah. he his essential view and you know not everybody shares this view but is that it's too late it's yeah. too late. We are so far beyond the point where, like, I think there's this organization, right, that yeah. tracks how much resources we're using from the planet every year. And there's a mm-hmm. certain limit to what we can use before it cannot be renewed. Mm-hmm. And they said that in September, we used all the resources that we could use for the year. So we're, mm-hmm. over, we're in a deficit. We're taking more than we can replace by a couple months. I'm like, Jesus, that's, that's a wake up call and a half, but his basic viewpoint is that it is too late in the sense is the best way to live now is an acceptance and gratitude and do the best that you can to preserve nature. But this machine that they've created, you know, this industrial machine, it's been Mm -hmm. polluting and shoving carbon emissions, methane gas. And then you think about all the animals that release through their own farts, even though we don't like, they think that's kind of absurd, but there's mm-hmm. so many animals that are expelling gases into the air. That's a factor. Mm-hmm. And then all, you know, sure. talk about airplanes and cars. I'm definitely one of the main contributors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hear, anyway, man. I hear that. Uh, all right, man, yeah. you gotta go? You gotta run? Yeah, I do. But I, I just wanted to leave you with a thought. Okay. And I, you know, like, this is just, if anything, just my way of coping with, with inevitable doom. Uh-huh. But, uh, you know, like if a star near us or the sun ever exploded, mm-hmm. you know, that would completely wipe us out. The, the very chance of us being here uh, at all in such an enormous and expansive universe uh is 
fucking ridiculous. It is crazy. It is bad. You know? I mean, and it like, was. There's so many narratives out there. Yeah. That. Oh. When I cross a, my legs and I sit down, I just watch them go by. And I'm not even sure if, if, if this physical man reality is real. Yeah. But like, like you, man, I think I'm just going to like live it, you know, live it. You got to live it and just try to be in the best. Uh, don't be part of the yeah. problem, but be part of this, you know, whatever you can to help heal along the way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Because you, I, I just don't want to be part of the problem. That's always my philosophy. I just don't want to be part yeah. of the problem. Even though I have been in the past in my own ways, you, you can't help but hurt people at times or hurt yourself. Yeah. At times. It just happens. Yeah. But you try to do your best, right? Um, yeah. Just one quote that I want to leave you with, too, which echoes what you just said. My sister used to have it on her wall. It was Carl Sagan. And okay. he says, in, in order to wait, you must first invent the universe in order to bake an apple pie. Or <laughs> so when you yeah. think about it, just how crazy that is, like that your grandma yeah. or whatever making an apple pie, it's just like what <laughs> you have yeah. to invent this whole scheme. Yeah, it's it's intense. Um, so get to work creating your your uh, your your fucking universe. It's fucking dinner time. Yeah, right. Let's just <laughs> go with it, roll with it, and that's what Alan Watts says. You know, just roll yeah, with the yeah. river. You know, don't try to fight the river. You just got to go with the river. You know, yeah, it's yeah, a very Taoist yeah. way of thing, seeing things. Anyways, yeah. man, it was really nice talking to you, man. I'm glad I had you on. You inspired me in some yeah, ways. Yeah, this has and, been a great uh, conversation. Yeah, and we should just definitely just chat on, um, you know, off a podcast too, just time to time. Man. Yeah, yeah. This is the first yeah. time I really had a sit down talk with you, so it's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, so that wraps up uh, this episode of the Branching Tree. I'm glad to have my friend Andy Moorhead here. Um, and yeah, that, that about sums it up. So have a good day, man. All right. You too. All right, man. Take it easy. See ya. All right.